0: I'm probably, well, I'm 100% um, Mm -hmm. entitled to the same things, first of all, and Mm -hmm. getting over that mental hurdle, you know, Uh like.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to B-Squad C, a podcast celebrating the stories of women of color in the corporate world. I am your host, Nancy, and I hope everyone is safe and sane wherever you're listening to this one. Another new month. Another new incredible guest uh, to hear from on this podcast. I am excited to introduce you to Stephanie Gosain, who is a force to be reckoned with. Okay, all my guests are like that. So I hope you start seeing the theme here. But let me tell you a little bit of what blew me away about my conversation with Stephanie. Originally from Trinidad and Tobago, shout out to all the island girls. Stephanie has taken her career from um, engineering through consulting to now change management. In all of that, Stephanie steps out like a boss, believing everything is hers for the taking. Um, And we really talked about how as women of color, we did not grow up necessarily believing this, right? That we actually deserved to take up space. The last thing that was so interesting about our conversation was uh, about identity politics. And Stephanie and I talked about the importance of embracing people's full identity um, in everything. You know, that they are beyond just the dichotomy of black and white. And I loved listening to her take on this. I hope you will also enjoy it and maybe learn a thing or two. Without further ado, here is Stephanie's story. Stephanie, hi.
0: Hey, Nancy. How are you? I am good. Um, It is super sunny, I guess, uh, for the Netherlands, so... Yes, it's, it's good. It
1: becomes sunny and it makes me so happy, you know. <laughs> like My
0: mood really fluctuates with the weather. It really, really does.
1: Yeah, yeah so then you're an ideal candidate for like a, a Philips um, light.
0: The, I did consider getting one, actually, because I really, if it's grey, I wake up in such a grouchy kind of mood, right? And then I usually have to like yeah. pep okay. myself up with one of those songs I was just telling you about.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. I love it. But um, hey, welcome to b Squared C. Thank you. I'm super excited to have you on the pod. I think you and I, um, so we were introduced by a mutual friend. Um, yep. And we've been meeting up uh, ever so often as virtually. We've not met each other in person, actually. Yeah, I have no idea how tall you are. For nah. yeah. This is true. You've only seen me sitting
0: down. Wait, how tall are you? I am quite short. I'm like 163 centimeters. <laughs> yeah. What about you? What
1: about you? Are you like one seventy two centimeters? Oh
0: whoa! I knew it. I knew you were a tall person.
1: I just look tall. You project the tall power for sure. Yeah, girl. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna write that down. Projects tall power. But yeah, I'm I'm super excited to meet you. I think that we've had um, in our group, right, we've had incredible, insightful conversations about being women, about being women of color. And I wanted to bring you on here uh, to, to connect about your experiences in the corporate world. So let's start with introducing you to our audience with like three stories, anecdotes or experiences that have defined you.
0: Okay, well, I can really start my story from the beginning. I okay. think it's a nice place to start. So uh, I'm actually Trinidadian. Okay. And I, I usually give people a pause because they don't know where that is. Or in the Netherlands, I have to say it with the Dutch pronunciation. Mm. For them to understand. Um, so I'm from Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, and I did my bachelor's there in chemical engineering.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because in Trinidad, your choices are engineering, law, or medicine. Really. Right. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So it's not like
1: I could have gone Come through, through immigrant parents. <laughs> <and
0: stuff. laughs> like these were my three solid choices. I said, yes. "Oh yeah, I want to study physics." Nope, you need nope. to do engineering, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then after that, I I just yeah I worked these small jobs for like two years because like stuff just wasn't really picking up for me in terms. Mm-hmm, of that, I guess. Mm-hmm. um And then I was I was at this job and I figured, okay, well. I think I'm too smart for what I'm doing right now because it was really basic administrative work, you know, right. also having an engineering degree. So mm-hmm. I sent this like um, application, one application to the Netherlands, one, mm-hmm. because the deadlines were coming up and I thought to try. Um, and then I sent it to TU Delft and the one application I sent was the one application they accepted. So I came to school, like I decided from December to April, mm-hmm. like I want to move and then I moved. Basically. Wow. <laughs> Yeah (laughs) Um, and then I came here to the Netherlands. I went to to do my master's in sustainable energy technology. Okay. Very technical Um, but then there were a lot of electives in the second year and from there I kind of went into more soft topics like ethics of climate and uh, more policy technology policy analysis and, and more stuff like that because I realized there was a world where I could not sit all day and calculate the thickness of pipes for okay up- yeah so <laughs> there was this whole <laughs> was other reality right, yeah have- yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah and then I think this is kind of my segue let's see because I did a, a my my end project was consulting project for okay. a startup firm where we were trying to get uh, figure out how to implement their technology mm-hmm. in small island developing states. And then um right after I was like, oh, consulting could kind of probably be what I can do. So I sent this, this is one of the pivotal moments, right? I sent right. this letter to open letter to, to a consulting firm.
1: Okay. And I said,
0: Oh yeah, well, I think I can do what you will do. And projects seem exciting. And I don't like to stay in one place for for long, you know, these cheeky letters mm-hmm. that you think you can write right after university. Because right. you can do anything. Anyway, and then the recruiter called me back, you know, and then um Within a, like a month or so, they, they sent me an offer. So I went wow. to management consulting. Management consulting, consider that technical to all to the way transition. to, to, to yeah. the
1: other side.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I moved to management consulting for like six years. Mm-hmm. I was on the Zara's, which is like very corporate Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Um, and my clients were mostly oil and gas because of my engineering background. background. Mm-hmm. But it was extremely like soft management consulting topics that we worked on. So non-technical mm-hmm. and for the bulk of that it was change management so mm-hmm. I, I kind of I heard about this kind of cool topic in consulting and then I was like okay well let me just try this and I got onto a project after like really pushing to get on the project you know finding my mm-hmm. way there yeah and then I figured okay I'm kind of good at this and then I continued doing it and then yeah and then by the end it was really really cool uh, to know like I was pretty good at some parts of consulting and then I would just do it and then yeah. like yeah, so I think in a nutshell that's my story. So I ended up in consulting yes. and then now I'm doing consulting internally for a large tech company. Right. based in Amsterdam.
1: Wow. Okay, okay. I noted a few things as you were talking. The first one was you decided you were too smart for what you were doing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, for what right. that job, yeah, that was... Um...
1: No, but I like this so much because this is a discussion that I've had a couple of times, right? Just about being a, a woman of color who, well, actually expresses this, right? And, under- and understands this. Yeah. And in relation to the Dutch culture of modesty, mm-hmm. I'm curious how has someone like you who has that kind of perspective and energy about who they are, <laughs> yes, have yes. you have you experienced some friction with like Dutch culture?
0: Well, I would even question that that idea uh, that a part of the Dutch culture is modesty because in the mm. corporate Dutch world, mm-hmm. I have come across some people with absolutely unmodest, what is the word? Oh. Immodest approaches to, to their own personal branding. And it's, mm-hmm. I would say... I sharpened that aspect of my personality by learning from Dutch people around me.
1: Interesting.
0: Because I, I always heard this quote. Um, I always think of this quote from Mindy Keeling. You know, she said something to the effect like, yeah, um, people ask always ask her like why she's so confident. Uh-huh. And she said her parents just raised her with um the self-confidence of like a white man, right? <laughs> um <laughs> Like making her believe she was entitled to all of that. And I think mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it's a bit of a trick, but I kind of started to think, okay, so what would my white Dutch male colleague do? Oh, in we, this should, situation? we
1: should like have bracelets, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> of, yeah. like, what
1: would a white man do? <laughs> yeah, and then, like, remember. how
0: entitled would they actually feel in this situation? Mm-hmm. And then I took it mm-hmm. on myself. Like, yeah, I'm probably, in, well, I'm 100% um mm-hmm. entitled to the same things, first of all. And getting over that mental hurdle, you know, uh-huh. like I am entitled to this opportunity as much as this other person, even though they're wow. a local. Right. Even though they're good friends with the boss. Even like, though, you know. Dare you, though. How dare you How dare you? Right. So the audacity in a way. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes that's shocking, you know. Mm-hmm. Um to to for even myself you know to think oh well Stephanie you know um (laughs) that that I believe that I am actually indeed entitled to you are that good yeah 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 so and I mean of course it's not always like 100% that's the story because of there are days where it's quite difficult to tell yourself that stuff but in
1: general yeah I think um (laughs) I fall back on that a lot basically yeah you know thanks for that feedback uh because I struggle with that uh concept as well and I called it part of Dutch culture because so many times at least for me that was one of the most challenging aspects of adjusting to here like as an american i was considered like abras- abrasive mm-hmm. uh <laughs> you know and 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 loud and and loud in the sense of like i claim my accomplishments right i say like i did that and that And that, thank you very much, (laughs) you know, and Mm -hmm. people are like, she brags a lot. Uh, (laughs) Right. What do you think of that?
0: I think, but I do believe that we as non-white women, Mm -hmm. if you talk about these things a lot, it's a new image for them, right? It's a new, like, clip being played Mm -hmm. in their mind. Mm
1: -hmm. So, of
0: course, there's like this kind of uptake moment where they're like, okay, this is like a very new Mm -hmm. a new combination of image and sound for me right so i I kind of factor that in as well it is that people are too shocked if you Mm -hmm. project that image that you just said right Right. so um because to me it should be normal but is it kind of expecting people to be too far ahead from where we actually are as a society Mm -hmm. today you know yeah yeah, I love that. Thank you for okay. sharing your thoughts. Like, do you do you, follow, do you follow that reasoning of it? Like, I
1: follow it. I follow it. I actually recently saw just a uh, it, it was a very short clip of Shonda Rhimes, right, saying like, "Hey, talk about your accomplishments. It's not bragging if it's factual." Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. I'm not blowing right. smoke out here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so yeah, yeah, and this uh, and I think this relates to just like bravery to take space. Mm-hmm. So there's two aspects, right? There's our side, which is like we are brave enough to take the space.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: But then there's the other side of it that people are like shocked that we're taking this space that's available, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as a change manager, (laughs) I also kind of think about their own change journey. And I think if they, they're moving, so many people are moving from unaware, just to awareness, right? Like any change commitment, I always think like aware, understanding, adoption, and then commitment, they're in stage one, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I try to factor that in as well. But then sometimes I'm like indignant, like, why would people even uh, like be shocked by this, you know, right. but, mm-hmm. but they're on their own journey as well. But then that is in itself so problematic to think that people, the people with the
1: most privilege, are so far behind in their range. Right. Yeah. So in their own change, change journey. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about change management, uh, yeah. which is the area that, well, I think well, so Consulting gives you exposure to lots of different, you know, uh, industries, right. Or yeah areas and you chose change management so you briefly just said earlier that you decided this is what you were good at but um, I'm wondering how you got to that decision and where you are going with this uh, in in this area is it something that you think you're going to be in long term
0: I think um, if we just Look, I don't know why I latched on to it, let's say, is because it felt very common sense to me. Like, okay, um, mm-hmm. I could figure it out fairly easily. And I would say I had some really good coaches along mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be very lucky in consulting to come across like a, a lead or a team lead or a mentor that like really clicks with you. And because right. I'm so different from mm-hmm. the rest of people in consulting that in the firm that I worked at, and well, in most workplaces that I was in, it, it's <laughs> yeah. it's kind of difficult to come across um, a good teacher who you click with, who you feel comfortable with. I was very, very lucky like to have this team lead, manager, mm-hmm. and she took me under her wing and she taught me so many things, like basics, right? Like mm-hmm. how to do it at, well, live while we were on a project. And I don't know if it's because she was a very good teacher, but I always think of her like the beginning of this, of this period for me where I realized... This is such a great option for work mm-hmm. because you're managing change into an organization, right? Right. And change is constant. As corny as that is, that's very, very true.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, this is like job security is like fine, right? With yes. change management. You don't have to worry. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think her coaching was something that, um, that really kind of landed it in my mind where it became a fundamental part of how I think about work. Mm-hmm. And no matter the type of project I get into, like because I also did a, a year in an offshore company where I did like innovation consulting, right. and but a big part of how I approached that was a bit a, a change management layer and un- mm-hmm. enabling the, all the innovation processes that we were trying to build.
1: Mm-hmm. So.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she kind of like it landed somewhere in there and it planted a seed. And now it's like a very rich jungle in my mind. That, right. um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's why it feels like a big part of my professional identity or something. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I love that. Um, so to just recapture for those who are listening, right? You came to so because everyone is always trying to figure out like what am I good at? Yeah. <laughs> In a yeah. way. And I love hearing how other people got to what uh what it is that they they've decided that they are they are good at. So yeah. I think constantly we echo this uh a lot of the guests on this podcast can echo the this idea the the importance of coaches and mentors right so I love that you found yours and that's the person who planted the seed for you to continue exploring this uh this topic right so that's really really good to know and then you actually started applying that lens to other beyond yeah. just that job as well and that's yeah. how you you experienced right that you like this so much
0: <laughs> yeah I think so and then what I did was um I, I so after I left consulting I went to this offshore company mm-hmm. where I did more of their innovation stuff then
1: right mm-hmm. um
0: for a year right but when I moved to this innovation role I got really deep into the world of like design thinking mm-hmm. and how that and that like mindset even how that mindset helps with everything so I think that was like another pivotal point in my career where change management and design thinking kind of came together for me so mm-hmm. these are two lenses I would say that I actually look through in everything that I do yeah so that's something I should add actually it's not just change management uh-huh. uh, uh,
1: so let's do this let's actually define those two two things yeah. so what is change management
0: so I think change management is is really getting yeah this is this is a big thing to define but Mm -hmm. it's literally managing the change into the um into the different impacted stakeholder groups right so Mm -hmm. how i would think about this is first of all we have to understand what the change is because a lot of times a lot of times people don't sit to think okay what is the change i'm trying to deliver and to whom Mm -hmm. and this is where design thinking comes in right because then you can really run like a full kind of process around it like a, a bit of exploration and description and prototyping and testing and and that's where the design comes in.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: the design really forms what the change is, right? Because mm-hmm. you're bringing a new design to a new set of people to people. So and then you you can really the change is really the before to the after
1: mm-hmm. Okay, okay.
0: And then um the after is the design, and that's where design thinking comes in. And then in design thinking, you think about the end user, so you have to think about the after. So it kind of like Uh, goes back and forth. Yeah, Uh, so it's a kind of iterative thing, really. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um. So now when I sit in in my current job, when I sit in on design sessions, um, I really wear the hat of the employee, for example, um, Mm
1: -hmm. or
0: the impacted stakeholder. I think of myself as the ambassador for the end user in all the design conversations. So even though I'm like, because I know that I am in charge of managing that change to that Mm -hmm. person. Right. So I, I kind of reverse engineer it back into the design conversations that I'm involved in as a change manager as well. Okay. So I kind of like in the kind of mental jungle that I built, I built a <laughs> process, a uh-huh. kind of mental um way of working around all of this, where again, that feels very common sense to me. Yeah. I'm really not like a kind of methods theory. Yeah, i it. a um, theoretical kind of person, but I'm very hands on. So after all the theory that I learned, this is kind of the way of working that I really, really honed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're really empathizing with the end user, right? Yeah. And you're using that information to inform how the change is going to happen.
0: Exactly. So if we think about, for example, if someone is trying to design something mm-hmm. that is great, and it's beautiful, and it's, um, it's, it's really something inspirational, but me as the change manager, I think about the end user, and I know that they can only get to that inspirational point, maybe four or five years in the future, right? I see it as my job to be the ambassador for them, like, this is too big of a change that you're trying to realize in too short of a time. So in the design process, then I think, OK, how can we stagger this change to people over okay. a longer period of time? And
1: That is fascinating. I have never delved into this topic or thought about it the way that you are. So that's why I'm asking so many questions. <laughs> yeah.
0: One of my like random dreams is to set up my own kind of idea incubation lab mm-hmm. for people yeah. who have ideas, um, but they're really try- trying to get it out you know, yeah. so connect it to reality. And I think that's always my value proposition when I come to any any business business uh, situation. Yeah. Um, how do I get this really off the ground and into the real world? I think there's ways, right, to really get some yeah. cool ideas really out there.
1: Yeah, but um, just finding kind of the practical bits, bits of it and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Listen, I will be your first client, okay? <laughs> Set it yeah, up. I will yeah. be there. I will be there. Yeah. That is amazing. So, what is the future of this, this um industry of change management? What do you think? What are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I've been thinking about this a lot. So, to me, I think change positioning change more strategically along the life cycle of a project versus mm-hmm. just at the tail end when implementation comes in. Mm-hmm. I I would. I would think I would hope that's where a lot of organizations are taking their change management functions. Right. What I have seen is like more and more over the last few years that organizations have definitely started building their in-house consulting mm-hmm. capabilities including change. Yeah. So so that's a thing, right? Where people aren't going outside but they're still, they're building a change management capability mm-hmm. inside.
1: Awesome. <laughs> Let's pivot a little bit into more of your personal experiences. Yeah. Um, so when you and I prepped for this interview, um, and I noted this, site right, That's like uh, one surprising thing about our conversation was, um, I said, I said something which was like, "Yeah, so I want to create this place for Black women and stuff like that." And you're like, "But you know, I'm not a Black woman, right?" And I was like, "Wait." Wait, wait <laughs> tell me more about that. Yeah. <laughs> so I met you in the context of black women, <laughs> yeah. yeah right, and the circle that we come together with every every month virtually is um at least for me that's that's what the basis of it is, so how do you view your identity um, and how has that played out for you uh, in kind of the corporate world?
0: yeah, I think okay, so my identity. I identify as a brown woman because I'm like fifth generation Indian, like I don't know who, but fifth generation. And I island, I
1: island mixes. Like,
0: right. Lots so, of mixes happened there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm Trinidadian, fifth mm-hmm. generation. Uh, yeah. Like my ancestors came from India. So, mm-hmm. and in Trinidad, it's very clearly you're brown or you're black, right? So, really? first of all, yeah. So, but even in that context, I am. I yeah, it's where I identify as a Trinidadian, so yes. an island person, right? Um, because to say I feel deep roots to my Indian heritage, I really don't because I've never even been to India.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's really so. I would say that part of it's yeah, I identify as a brown woman, but then the other parts of this question is how that has influenced my identity here, right? Mm-hmm. Like my where I come from, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a big bone to pick. Mm. with people who let's say like with the societal rule like if you're not white you're black you know
1: right who like just think race is a dichotomy
0: yeah exactly so yeah so and i've heard i heard this growing up like you know outside of the caribbean if you're not white you're black and then to me it's just such a minimalization of the richness of cultures we all bring Yeah, because mm-hmm. I see you, Nancy, as like a woman, a Zimbabwean woman, mm-hmm. uh, like a Zimbabwean black woman, as a completely different identity from me, right? A brown Trinidadian woman, and mm-hmm. I believe that we deserve that richness of story, mm-hmm. right? Um, because I, you know, w- when you talk to white people, I don't know how you, you what's a, a kind of politically correct way to say this, but white people, it's white okay. people. <laughs> but then, yeah, <laughs> I am, I am British white from this. Um, parts of Britain uh-huh. and I'm like oh yeah I totally identify with I totally understand your identity from this small town in Cornwall in the UK mm-hmm. as a white person right mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. meanwhile I am from a country of 1.5 million people and then yeah I also have like a story within a story a very particular within a
1: story, story. <laughs> yeah. layers so of I
0: deserve that that acknowledgement for that like and yeah. I'm just talking generally you know in society I have my own unique story that I bring to the table right I feel like once we have darker skin we're classed in this big chunk of people Mm -hmm. (laughs) that um oh yeah they're different and it's monotonous
1: right right one homogenous
0: story that we feel there and I really do believe we deserve a richer we we all deserve deserve our rich interesting stories Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. and this
0: is why I I don't even like to say like women of color i just like to say that we are not white women who are not white we're for not example. white women yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because yeah because well,
1: in white- the in in all settings right especially in the corporate world right we clearly understand that there is white and then there's everybody else <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's, that's how this that's how politically it plays out now in the everybody else like realm right there is then some layering that happens there uh as as well
0: yeah definitely exactly and then like actually appreciating that there is a difference Mm -hmm. and people you know um you know this idea that the misconception that equality is treating everybody the same way Mm. and actually it's treating people with considering their own individual stories in an appropriate way right um and this is where i think like it's a bit it's useful I would say to really delineate inside of our group Mm -hmm. our non-white group of women um that we come from vastly different stories vastly different places indeed indeed yeah and then we deserve the richness of our own stories yeah because yeah I feel like white people get that full-on all Mm -hmm. the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know (laughs) like I you know and then I'm just like and it's it's I th- I see it as kind of my job to educate people as well in that way, <laughs> like right. Fun. We are
1: different. We We're have different stories. So yeah. tell me about this educating people thing, uh, yeah. oh. <laughs> and and how how <laughs> it, how do you manage it, right? Because um, I'll tell you, it's it's quite challenging and a constant like um uh juggle for me to find a, a a balance, and I started calling it like choosing my battles. Yeah. Yeah. right of like yeah. there are moments where I'm just like don't engage just just don't do it <laughs> you know and then but you are actually then like a change manager too <laughs> oh you are put in a place where you probably have to talk about this in some yeah. shape or form so yeah. tell t- tell me about that experience <laughs> so I
0: this I think let's just start on what's going on in the world today there's a lot of people on their journey mm-hmm. right? so if we think the change journeys of like the different like um Groups of people in society, and a lot of these groups now they're trying to move from unaware to awareness on the change commitment curve about mm-hmm. DNI and their role in it, and and mm-hmm. you know so and that's great and I am happy about that. But then so, in most of my um, situations that I end up in at work or meetings or uh, it's where I am the only non-white mm-hmm. <laughs> woman basically, right? Uh, so it's where I am kind of expected, I guess, to have a very well-versed, well-prepared story Mm -hmm. if this
1: topic is being discussed. Wow. Thank you for representing us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right? So, you know, the, the kind of yeah, I, I guess tokenism plays into this a lot. And mm-hmm. but th- all of that aside, right? This idea that every time I walk into one of these, like one of these conversations now, and I have the responsibility to educate people with a fact-checked, proofread, um, mm-hmm. yeah, double-blind studied. Um, (laughs) verbal thesis of why I feel how I feel about this topic of diversity and inclusion Mm -hmm. I really really struggle with that and and it comes down to this picking your battles thing Mm -hmm. so is this a conversation where I'm going to drain myself emotionally to talk about this right or is this a situation where I can manage to talk about it without being emotionally drained Mm. or option three am I ready to go head-on into this and be drained basically mm-hmm. at the end of it right. so and even that choice that making that choice at the beginning is always like in itself tiring you know to always have the onslaught of it so to me it's just like always a bit complex and if I felt like um, you know there was enough safety in the workplace today to talk about these things openly hmm um, then it would be a much less stressful or strenuous kind of situation. But right. I just don't think we're there in terms of safety in the workplace to talk about these things no. because there's some like really insane things that go on, right, Nancy? You know right. that. And then mm-hmm. calling people out even feels like an insane thing to do because it's so
1: you're like, how, how do I even have to do this to start?
0: Yeah. With? And also it's so controversial what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. It rivals the controversy of what this person just did. Mm. And do I want to, you know, stir up, the, stir up the water that much? Yeah. Yeah. Stir up trouble that much because I will be seen as a person stirring up trouble because I am the person who's aware of how controversial it is that what this person just said because I am not well represented in the organization. Mm-hmm so I'm the only person so it's like I take the blow or I say something you know right and so I don't know and then um I was in a meeting recently and then like I just kept thinking whoa it's my responsibility to really clear the situation up and I just I'm not going to do it so Mm
1: -hmm. I kept
0: skimming the surface you know as much as possible Mm -hmm. um but I wish there was a way other than waiting. So things to get better, that um, yeah, that we didn't have all this responsibility all the time, you know. To
1: it's exhausting, it's like,
0: can you see it on my face? I feel exhausted yeah. thinking about yes, this,
1: right? yes. <laughs> and like, my guests are not gonna, my listeners are not gonna see yeah. this video, but I can see it, I can see, and that's why, like, you know, for instance, the touch point that we have, yeah, uh, with, with Julia the and the others. It's so important for me yeah. every month to connect with you guys. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. you are having this constant battle every day in the in the predominantly white spaces that we work in, right? You're constantly having this mental battle sometimes yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of picking
0: <laughs> like Like and you're asked to explain fundamental things that sometimes you know Nancy, I don't know how to explain it. Like if we take our monthly calls, right? Um mm-hmm i I i've been asked the question why would you need such a space right right yeah so and then i'm like how where to start where where? Where to start and you're asked these questions off guard like why would you even need that and then i'm just thinking seriously Mm -hmm. um where to begin
1: so yeah. I often actually have to answer this question and I, I don't think your company has, has this right, but we have employee resource groups, right? And yeah. You, yeah. So we I do. Actually, this
0: wasn't in my company. This was a personal conversation. Uh-huh, this was a
1: personal conversation. Yeah.
0: It was, so it was even more sticky because Ooh. then I just felt yeah. like, whoa, that's, stickier, that's you know? very sticky because I was in a room full of white people,
1: mm. white
0: privileged people.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I am sorry you went. That's <laughs> But not I would say fine. in my own You community. have wine at least. I'm like <laughs> I would be like, "Uh real quick, let me take a sip of this."
0: <laughs> so um but I would say in my in my organization now, um mm-hmm. they're really um, working upwards on on building all the well they call it like um diversity inclusion and they they've added belonging to the okay. um, to the mix. Yes. So Yes.
1: To the, to the, so there's a
0: lot of space there, mm-hmm. I think. You
1: just have to go find
0: it. You, you just know?
1: have to find it. Yes. Yeah. But to just cap off this this part of the conversation, the big part continues to be psychological safety. Right. And and being in the same place as with people who are like you, who, who see you, who identify with you.
0: And there's no big struggle to just find a, find a space where you could just right. be yourself. I yeah, I'm really struggling with that. Like that, Ooh, we yeah. have to fight really as actually ex- uh, you know as expats as foreigners in the in the Dutch space. You mm-hmm. know, it, and even a subgroup of expats because we're not white
1: expats. Right. So even you know. So mm-hmm. so yeah. I yeah. I feel you, girl. But we'll we'll get it. We'll get there. We'll get each other there. (laughs) I think so. We're
0: we're getting there now, right? This is one of those places. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Great. Stephanie, what's a book that you read anytime in your life that really impacted you and why?
0: Well, I guess quite a number of books, Mm -hmm. actually. But um, let's say for what we talked about on this podcast, there's this book called Creative Confidence.
1: Okay. Creative Confidence.
0: Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it's written by um, the founders of IDEO. So David and Tom Kelly.
1: And IDEO is
0: like big design thinking firm consultancy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, it completely overhauled how I thought about work and how to approach it and how Mm -hmm. that like the fact that we're all fundamentally creative. So it's i highly recommend it it's a very fun read yeah so i would i would say i I think i should send all of you all a copy actually yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh that would be amazing that is that is so cool um i love that i love that so much and what is your hype-up song
0: my hype-up song is my mommy lutiene by Marshall Montano. Okay, Island Girl. Or, or um <laughs> Slow Wine by Marshall Montano. Oh, yes. okay. I just sent you both of them, but let's say Slow Wine is Marshall mm-hmm. Montano and Afro B and that one is my groove these days for sure
1: hey when are you taking me to carnival
0: <laughs> <laughs> when am i taking myself they had to cancel it this year because of COVID. yeah
1: because of covid but yeah. we need to have this tra- i want to go to <laughs> training i've heard that it goes down there. we should
0: yes it absolutely does mm. yeah um last carnival i started carnival tuesday so we have two days right monday and tuesday uh-huh. i started tuesday with my full costume let's say the 12 pieces on
1: mm-hmm. by the end
0: of the day i had four pieces left <laughs> i didn't know where they were I really, I had this kind of like feather, feather Mm -hmm. backpack thing Mm -hmm. that I—that was one of the only things I could keep on because I was holding it here the whole day. (laughs) Um, uh, I'm glad
1: that you're mentioning this costume because now I gotta start working now. If we're yes. gonna do this carnival yes. thing in the future, I, I gotta start working this body now. <laughs> I think
0: um, we should really talk about this. Like I'm getting super excited if carnival <laughs> happens next year. We should. Um... Oh, cool. So I'm have you been my... to the
1: one in Rotterdam? No, because it was very
0: rainy every time. Oh, race, okay. So, so you Okay. But I made some friends at work, and we we're talking about Nothing Hill.
1: Oh, snap! As well. Yes, I am down for that. I have to get yes. a UK visa, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay, okay.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe um, I do as well. Not allowed to just I stroll am. into the into yeah. the UK just like that. Yeah. <laughs> No, but again, you and I kind of date. It's on. Yes, it's so definitely. On. I definitely. love it. And you've already sent me this song. I will add it to the B squared C playlist. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that, Stephanie. What three words would you describe yourself with?
0: Um, creative.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I definitely. Think, um, I would say analytical. Mm-hmm. And. And the word sassy comes to mind. Sassy. But,
1: uh, <laughs> now is that a self-proclaimed <laughs> well? Like no, I tested it.
0: I, I was reading audience. this book and it said to ask people. So I asked people and like that kind of came through in a lot. Mm-hmm. I got some attitude. So um so little sassy. bit of attitude. Yeah, so sassy is like a good a good like a descriptor consolidation of all the adjectives.
1: I love it. Uh, so we definitely already see the creative side because we've talked a lot about how your work and analytical side, right? You're yeah. an engineer by training to start with. And now you've weaved yourself, you've applied yourself differently in, in other. But I, lo- I love this last one. <laughs> okay, let's round up. Stephanie. You've already given us so much to think about <laughs> in this conversation, but what would be your parting kind of three pieces of advice for other uh, women of color out there in the corporate world?
0: Um, I think be brave, um, explore, mm-hmm. because everything is yours for the taking. Mm. So be brave, explore, and know that everything is yours for the taking. Know that everything is yours for us. So the yes. three are like
1: be brave, explore, and know that everything is yours for the taking. Yeah, and also have the confidence of uh, a white man.
0: <laughs> I think yeah. that I think that one. Yeah, yeah, that one is like the, <laughs> Everything is yours for be you taking because you're entitled to all of it. You basically. are basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It all belongs to you as as well as much as as much as everybody else. Yes. and that's so important for for people like us because I don't think I don't think I grew up even feeling like that.
0: No, me neither.
1: Yeah, me neither. and I yeah. looked crazy to even say that at all. <laughs> you know, they were like, "Who the hell does she think she is?" Yeah. <laughs> And I saw this tweet which was just like in 2021, there'll be a lot of who the hell does she think she is? <laughs> <laughs> Truly. We and- are here taking space, like doing all the things.
0: <laughs> and oh yeah, and when well, one last piece of advice is when people are looking at you for taking up your space and they want to say something, mm-hmm. so what?
1: So what? Yeah. I think I'm just gonna end this podcast episode here. <laughs> so what <laughs> Stephanie, this was <laughs> such a blast. Thank you yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah, it was for fine, sharing, Definitely. Um, uh, your experiences. Um, and yeah, I hope to. We're going to meet each other in, in person. And I'm sorry, I'm hella tall.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll say hi to you from down here.
1: Yeah, you'll be like yeah. <laughs> All right. That's it from me this week thanks to my wonderful guest stephanie for sharing her story on biscuit c i would love to hear your thoughts on it so come over to the biscuit c instagram and linkedin and let me know what were your takeaways if you like what you heard go ahead and give this podcast five stars wherever you're listening to it from don't forget to share it with your network I will be back with a reflection of the month in a couple of weeks time about the things Stephanie and I talked about. Ooh, there were so many jams. I have to think through which one are the best for me to go off on. Until then, I am your host Nancy. Be safe, be empowered and stay inspired.